0: Well, this past year 2021 was a memorable year for us as a church. It uh, was our 150th anniversary. Our theme was a journey of faith. And as we said, that theme really captured the essence of what it's been like here at First Baptist Arlington for all these years, it's really been a journey of faith. We we completed most of the Blessing the Generations work. We still have just a little bit of work that we're doing, but we're almost done. We're able to move back into our facilities and it really was a monumental year for us. And so now we've, we've turned the page of the calendar and it's 2022. And our theme for 2022 is RE. And we've just put dot, dot, dot. And the imagery is we just want to re-everything. So we have divided our church year liturgically at First Baptist into eight different seasons. And we're going to look at these various re-words, concepts that are communicated by these re-words. You may remember when I was away on study leave in July, as i was preparing and praying that's that's when it came to me that that's what we needed to do <clears throat> in 2022 was focus on just a time of renewal and and revival and and i just started writing down all of the re-words and been, began doing a bunch of research on the words in the scripture that begin with that prefix and i came across this little book um restoring all things god's audacious plan to change the world through everyday people I'd never seen this book before, but it was fascinating to me when I <clears throat> when I, I read a review of it, uh, I was encouraged to pick it up and so I went ahead and ordered it and to my surprise, the introduction is entitled God loveth rewords. And the whole introductory section is on the rewords in the scripture. So it has become a companion of mine as I have been studying and praying and preparing for 2022 so next season is going to be the easter season and our theme is going to be redeem and then we're going to do reconcile and recreate and rejoice and rededicate and reclaim and remember that's that's our journey for 2022 but for the winter which begins for us today our theme is reflect and that's really what i want to challenge us to do is to re the um, discipline guides the spiritual discipline guides is going to guide you through a season of reflection and I want us to do that together now our daily bible readings for the two months ahead of us are going to all be in the psalms and so what we're going to do together as a church is we're going to explore together the history the beauty and the richness of the psalms and I'm looking forward to sharing this time with you. Now, the, the collection we have in our Bibles that we refer to as the Psalms, you know, the, the, the Hebrew Bible, what we would call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible has uh, sometimes different names for the books than we do. The Hebrews refer to this collection of materials as the Tehillim. The Tehillim simply means songs, songs of praise. However, the early Christians, many of them spoke Greek, and that was their heart language. And so they read the Septuagint, which was the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible. And the Greek Septuagint referred to this collection as psalmoi, not tehillim. So we get our English word, it's really transliterated from Greek into English, into psalms. And it's interesting, psalmoi, we find that word in the New Testament in Luke 20, verse 42, in Acts 1, verse 20 this collection of materials referred to as the psalms. What does the word psalm mean? The word psalm means songs sung to the accompaniment of stringed instruments. So that's what the word means. Now don't tell our Church of Christ, brothers and sisters, that that's what the word means, okay? Um, But it is what the word means. But this collection of material known as the psalms, how many of you have read the psalms? How many of you have spoken to God through the Psalms and God has spoken to you through the Psalms? It's it's the worship manual of the people of God. It it always has been ever since it has existed. It's it's powerful. Now, the imagery of the Psalms is similar to that in all of scripture. It's it's, it's, It's just replete with agrarian imagery agricultural imagery in fact when you're when you're reading the the psalms it, it uh, the psalmists all reflect a certain knowledge of nature that that's just consistent throughout the new testament and so when you're reading the psalms today as a contemporary urban american it can be a little bit challenging because many of us are reading this material both in the Psalms and just in the scripture in general and we're not as uh, familiar with some of the imagery. You know, we we don't know as much about wheat and soil and goats and grapes and all the images that you find woven through the expression of of poetry in the Psalms. we're 21st century urbanites. Most of us are. That means that we're familiar with computers and technology, and subways, and airports, and Amazon, and TikTok, and just Uber. Pick pick something. And so we open the scripture, and we're reading some of this, and it's it can be very challenging to us. You know, <clears throat> my very first church that I pastored was in Jimtown, Oklahoma. Now, Jimtown, Oklahoma, uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's five miles west, I mean east rather, of Leon. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's about 12 miles this side of Rue Bottom. So if you can just get that in your mind, you probably can pinpoint where Jimtown is, just across the Red River. And it is a, it is a community filled with peanut farmers. Now, I went to be their pastor as a young preacher and I had been reared in Birmingham, Alabama. I was an urbanite, I knew nothing about farm life. So I learned a little bit there after a couple of years. And then Cindy and I moved to our next church, which was in Mertens, Texas. And uh, it's, uh, it's about five miles from Frost and uh, about five miles from Brandon. So if you know where those two thriving metropolises are, then you know where Mertens is. But it's between Hillsborough and Corsicana cotton farmers well so i had been you know at a rural church for a couple of years i'd learned a little bit so my very first sunday i was preaching in view of a call in mertens texas when the sermon was over that morning one of the families hosted cindy and i for lunch and we were going to come back to church that night have a question and answer session and then they were going to vote on us and so we went to the blue family's house and we were standing in the backyard on the back porch. I was with uh, uh, with Buddy Ballou, his son Don, his son-in-law Van, all deacons in the church, and all very much a part of the church. And and I just they had <clears throat> these little baby animals in the backyard, and I wanting to demonstrate to them that I'd learned a little bit in Jimtown. You know, I wasn't necessarily a country boy, but I I had I wasn't so sissified and. And I just said, you know, I've, I've never seen anybody keep this many baby or this many sheep in their backyard. I said, I guess since they're babies, y'all call them lambs. I've just never seen people have this many lambs in their backyard. And uh, Don Ballou stood there for a second. And he said, well, you know, preacher here, we call them goats, actually. <clears> he <throat> stood there for a second and Don kind of smiled and he said, you know, If you don't know the difference between sheep and goats, I hope you aren't in charge on Judgment Day. (laughs) So uh, so it was very humbling for me. Uh, Just a reminder that I really am a city boy and I don't know much about sheep and goats. And so it can be challenging when you're reading the Psalms and the imagery is just so woven through it all. However, there's a certain beauty in the Psalms. One theologian says it allows the people of God to speak out of their depths in their relationship with God. That these psalmists have, have written about real life experiences, encounters with God in their daily lives. And they paint this picture of having this relationship with God and sharing life with God. So it's, it's no wonder that the psalms have endeared themselves to us. Now, when you're, when you're studying the psalms, you'll notice that the, the collection is now in five different sections. Sometimes they're referred to as the five books of the Psalms. And when you come to the end of each section, there's a brief doxology, a brief expression of praise to let you know you've ended this particular section. So, so let me just show you what I mean by that. If, you, if you'll just flip over to Psalm 41, psalm 41 ends the first section of collection of psalms and so if you look at psalm 41 verse 13 it says praise be to the god to the lord the god of israel from everlasting to everlasting amen and amen then you'll notice right underneath that it says book two so you you've completed the first section of the psalms there's a brief doxology Then you begin the next section. You'll notice similarly, if you were to skip over to Psalm 72, verse 18, it says, praise be to the Lord God, the God of Israel, who alone does marvelous deeds. Praise be to his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. This concludes the prayers of David, the son of Jesse. Then notice right under that, book three. So the Psalms have been placed into five books. Now, why do you think that is? What do you think it corresponds to? The five books of the law, the Pentateuch. So the, the collectors of the Psalms placed them into five sections illustrating for us that the book of the law is special to the Jews. Those first five books. And notice how many times you will will hear referred to in the Psalms, the book of the law. We're supposed to meditate on the law of the Lord. And so the imagery is there for you in these five books, somehow speaking to us about the beauty of the book of law. Now, the first two Psalms are the introduction. In fact, there are some collections that don't even number the first two Psalms because they're just introductory. The first Psalm, paints an image it sets the stage it's a a psalm one person who meditates on the law of the lord right a person who's planted like a tree we've adopted an imagery here at our church it's actually printed in the walls of our church if you're new and you don't know that about us psalm two is a messianic psalm over time the jews began to look for a new era an age to come and psalm two pointed them to that age so if you think about it the books of the law, the meditating on the law, having a personal experience with God, Psalm 1, longing for a new day, Psalm 2. That encapsulates the messages that we'll find woven throughout the psalms themselves. So what we're going to do in January and February is we're going to read the psalms together. We're not going to read all 150 of them. We're going to read a selection of them that will guide us during a time of reflection as a church family, okay? So are y'all with me? this is where we're headed so with that said let's get started so today let's begin our study of psalm 23. every sunday we're going to choose a phrase from psalm 23 and focus on it but let's look at what the 23rd psalm says and i'm reading today from the niv the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul Now let's begin with the imagery that's found in this psalm, And we'll begin with sheep. Sheep, God's people are often described in scripture as sheep. Have you noticed that? You know, sheep are actually very valuable in the Bible. Many of of the sacrifices involved lambs and a pure and spotless lamb, true? As a matter of fact, Jesus will actually take that imagery on himself and he'll become the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So sheep, lambs are incredibly important in the biblical material. They're they're still important today. Almost, Almost everywhere in the world, you find sheep. Interestingly enough, there are some places in the world where there are more sheep than there are people. I was reading the other day in New Zealand, sheep outnumber people 20 to one. Um, I, I was reading about this, this little island, a group of islands called the, the Faroe Islands, F-A-R-O-E. It's contained in the, in the nation of Denmark. It's an autonomous set of islands. It is filled with sheep. Well, there were some leaders in the Faroe Islands who noticed that when you do the Google street view, you have no view of their, of their islands. And so they expressed their complaint to Google and said, when you do Google Earth and you do the Google Street View, you have nothing. So they petitioned Google, they said, would you let us have some of your 360 degree cameras and let us put them on the backs of our sheep so that they, they wonder all over, you will at least know what our islands look like. And so Google agreed, the Street View team at Google actually launched a Sheep View Uh, team for the Faroe Islands. And so if you Google the Faroe Islands, now you have the sheep view rather than the street view. So sheep are actually still very valuable, even today in the 21st century. In fact, I have read that wool is one of the single most valuable commodities in the entire world, if you measure it according to its worth and as connected to its weight. So sheep still play an interesting role well in the scripture we are referred to often as sheep you'll find it in the psalms psalm 79 verse 13 says we are the sheep of your pasture one of the more famous songs psalm 100 says that doesn't it it says we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture and so you will notice in the scripture that there are numerous times when that imagery is used that God's people are referred to as the flock of God. Now, what do we know about sheep? Sheep need a shepherd. That's what we know about sheep. Sheep need a shepherd. Perhaps that's why the biblical writers were led to that imagery. Perhaps that's why God himself chose that imagery as a shepherd, that he knows how much we need him. Sheep, need a shepherd. You know, sheep are interesting. They're one of the few animals on earth that do not possess a natural defense system. Sheep, in general, cannot defend themselves. They just don't possess that naturally. Now they can run, but have you ever seen sheep run? You know, they're not the fastest animals. They're not fleet of foot. Um, Sheep also are characterized by a herd mentality Sheep can be easily led sometimes. You know, there are even those who, when you know, you read in the scripture about a lamb being led to slaughter, some of you are familiar with how that's done today. You know that today in some of the slaughterhouses, uh, herds of sheep are actually led by a goat, a lead goat that will lead the sheep up a ramp to slaughter. You know what they call that goat? The Judas goat, An <laughs> interesting? And the sheep will follow. They have this herd mentality. Sheep are prone to wander. They're prone to lose their way. And we find that many times referred to in scripture. And if, and if they're domesticated, they are incredibly dependent. So this morning, I want you to think about that. that. That's the imagery that the scripture uses about us. We're sheep. Can I give you the good news this morning? Here's the good news. I'm a sheep, I need a shepherd, and here's my testimony. The Lord is my shepherd, and he is good. Praise his name. There's some great shepherds in the Bible. Um, Who's the first shepherd in the Bible? Abel, Abel's the first shepherd in the Bible. You remember Cain and Abel? Cain tilled the land, you remember that story? And and Abel tended the flocks. So he's the very first shepherd in the scripture. Moses was a very famous shepherd. Now that wasn't his chosen profession, remember? He had to go to work for his father-in-law. Doesn't that sound good to start the new year off, you know? Moses got a job working for his father-in-law. He was a shepherd in Midian, remember? Um, Who's the most famous shepherd in the Old Testament? King David. Well guess who wrote Psalm 23? King David. Now this is the mature David who writes the 23rd Psalm. This is not the boy's shepherd. This is a man who has lived a good bit of life. This is a man who's experienced God as his shepherd. This is a man who, who has seen a good bit of life already and he's reflecting back over his life. And he gives his testimony in this beautiful poem in the 23rd Psalm. David's not the first one to refer to God as a shepherd though. Jacob refers to God as a shepherd. The first time we find it is in Genesis 48, 15, where Jacob refers to God as the shepherd of his people. We find it also again in the book of of Genesis, Genesis 49, verse 24, where God himself is is revealed as a shepherd. Jesus chose that image, didn't he? Jesus said about himself in the Gospel of John, Jesus said in John 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. He said the sheep know me I, I know them they know my voice he even said he was the he was the gate to the sheepfold jesus had the interesting imagery of on the one hand being the lamb of god and on the other hand being the shepherd of god's flock so it's a beautiful imagery about jesus well the psalms they point us to this shepherd and the psalms point us to greater revelation You know, the New Testament writers, they look back on the Psalms and they embrace this image of Jesus fulfilling this shepherd role in our lives. As a matter of fact, I have in my office, I have several editions of the New Testament. And guess what's also included with my edition of the New Testament? The Psalms. I have several copies of New Testament New Testaments that also have the Psalms included. Well, in other words, the point that's being made is is that there's a New Testament understanding of the Psalms, and certainly one of the places where that is most poignant is in our understanding of Jesus being the Shepherd. Now, I want you to think about that with me for a moment. If the Lord is our Shepherd, what does that say about Him? Well, here's what it says about Him: He's our owner. He's our manager. He's our caretaker. He's our provider. And the imagery is beautiful. It's a personal relationship. You know shepherds are very personal in how they care for their sheep. He is our guide. He's our physician. Is our shepherd. He's our protector. He's our guard. In other words, when this imagery is used in the scripture, there's a word about dependence, there's a word about authority. It means that you're acknowledging your dependence on him and you're embracing and accepting his authority. Years ago, when I was younger in ministry, somebody gave me a copy of this little book written by Philip Keller. Any of y'all ever seen that book? It's a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm. It's a really sweet analysis of the 23rd Psalm. Philip Keller was a shepherd in East Africa growing up. And he tells a story in his book about a neighbor of his who was not a very good shepherd. And he said, sometimes he would look at his neighbor's pasture and it would be overgrown with weeds and the grass wasn't very good and he didn't take care of his ponds. And he said, sometimes we had a fence between my property and his property. And he said, my, my pastures were kept green and lush. My, my ponds were kept clean. My, my sheep were anointed medicinally. And he said, every once in a while, we would be out working and we would see my neighbor's sheep peering longingly over the fence toward our pasture. Almost as if those sheep were longing for a better shepherd. Well, here's what I want you to know you have the all time shepherd. He is the Lord, and he is good. He is our shepherd. So here's how I want us to begin 2022, because, you know, when, you, when you're in, a, in a, a setting like we're in today, where we have so many people who are here on our campus, and we have many, many people now joining us online, a number of them we know, a number of y'all are church members, but we know there are many of you who aren't. And so here's why I want us to begin 2022. I want us to all acknowledge how desperately we need a shepherd. And if you don't know how desperately you need one, oh my goodness. Have you ever tried living life? Have you tried just living? Here's what you'll discover if you don't know it. It's a full contact sport. And life is filled with all kinds of challenges, unexpected twists and turns. Your whole life can change with one phone call. Your whole life can change with one test result. Your whole life can change with one decision that somebody else makes that's completely out of your control and it can have powerful and profound impact upon you. Your whole life can change simply because of the family that you're in or the work that you're involved in. Life is a full contact sport and you're going to encounter all kinds of challenges and difficulties and here's what you're going to discover. You're going to discover that on your own, you are not up for the task. Now, if you haven't lived long enough to figure that out, get ready. Because life is full contact. And the Bible is right. It rains on the just and the unjust. And so, here's what I would say to all of us this morning. Let's begin 2022 just by acknowledging we need a shepherd. And so, let me offer this invitation to you first of all. If you've never accepted the Lord as your Shepherd what a great way to start the year amen those of us that know what a great way to start the year so let me encourage you if you've never made that decision to accept the Lord as your Shepherd let's do it today let's start this year by embracing that truth because the Bible teaches us that we are dependent creatures and God has designed us in such a way to live in a relationship with him and he wants to have that relationship with you and with me. And so if you've never done that, we wanna encourage you to stop today and give full consideration to what it means to accepting the Lord as your shepherd. Notice the language in this Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just the Lord is a shepherd, or the Lord is the shepherd. David's testimony is the Lord is my shepherd. So that's where we want you to start. And if you've never done that, we would love to share with you what that means. So in this room, if you don't believe you've ever really done that, when this service is over, you can make your way to our Welcome Home Center and we have some sheep in there who are following a shepherd and they can show you the way. If you're joining us online, contact us. Go to fbca.org hello. Call that phone number for prayer. Let us know and we'd love to help you understand what it means to embrace the Lord as your shepherd. But then secondly, for those of you that already know him as shepherd, let me issue this invitation to you in 2022. Let's re-engage if we need to with him on a deeply personal way or in a deeply personal way. Let's, perhaps today what needs to happen for you is you just need to be reminded that he really is your shepherd. And if there are areas in your life where you have chosen to rebel against his authority, then let's start 2022 in humility, realizing that he really does know best. And after all, he's your owner. It's kind of a strange relationship that God has with us, isn't it? You know how shepherds mark their sheep? You know, they'll, they'll tag them in the ear. You know what I'm talking about, how they'll do that? Well, can you imagine if a, if a shepherd had marked his sheep and tagged that sheep? you know, with, with his tag and knows that it belongs to him and that, that sheep gets lost and then someone finds that sheep and that shepherd shows up and finds that sheep in an auction, wouldn't that be fascinating? And that shepherd says, hey, wait a minute, that, you know, that, that right there, that, that's my sheep. See, he's got my, he's got my tag and the, and the, the owner says, "Man, no, I don't know anything about that. And all I know is if you want that sheep, you gotta pay for that sheep can you imagine that shepherd paying a price are y'all still with me can you imagine that sheep that shepherd paid a price for a sheep that already belongs to him come on y'all what did god do god already owns us and we're lost and what did he do he sent jesus and he shed his blood so he could buy us back we're already his in the first place he's our owner he's our manager and guess what you need him and so church family let's start this year with a deep desire to know him personally this year as our shepherd. To give him the opportunity to demonstrate himself in our own lives as our shepherd. And let's acknowledge him for who he is and let's embrace him as we start this year together. And may this declaration be true for all of us. The Lord is my shepherd. In fact, let's just say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's pray together. Now, as we come before the Lord this morning, let's come before him as sheep. And I wanna invite you in this time of prayer before the Lord as we begin a new year together, let's just acknowledge to the Lord, just in your own heart right now, would you just acknowledge to him, Lord, I need you. Would you do that just in the quietness of your soul? Just take a moment and acknowledge your dependence on him. And then anew and afresh, express to him that you accept his role in your life. Just let him know, Lord, I I accept your role in my life. Owner, manager, caretaker provider, guide, physician, protector. Acknowledge him this morning as your personal shepherd. Father, today, within the sound of my voice, there may be those who don't even know how desperately they need a shepherd. So today, may this be the day that for the first time, some of them will accept you as Lord and shepherd. For others in this room right now, Lord, who may be going through deep, difficult challenges, for others who are joining us online today, who are facing difficult days, it's our prayer today, Lord, that each of us would experience you as our good shepherd. May you make yourself known to each one. There's a shepherd who tends, who cares, who intervenes, who protects, who provides. And so Lord, may the sheep of your pasture in this place know you personally this year as a personal shepherd. May it be our testimony that we can share with others The Lord is my shepherd. May it be so. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we want to offer you that invitation to accept him as shepherd. As I said, if you're here on this campus, you make your way to our Welcome Home Center. We'd love to share that with you, let you know what it means. If you're online, you contact us, and we'd love to walk you through that. Or may this day just be a time of renewal for you. Just renewing that sense of connection with a personal shepherd who always has the kingdom interest in heart. And guess what? God's kingdom interests are always what's best for us. (laughs) Always. He's that kind of shepherd. I hope you'll experience him personally this year in that way.